You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandising. Check out their range of forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report as we look back on Forrest's defeat to Middlesbrough. Just to let you know that Baz and I recorded this report before the breaking news of Chris Hewton's sacking as Forrest manager. Thanks for listening. Another game and another defeat for Forrest, this time beaten 2-0 by Middlesbrough at the City Ground, making it six defeats from seven in the Championship this season. Forrest started okay in the game, but it was Borough who scored the first goal. Andras Sporar firing in after Forrest lost the ball in midfield and then 72 minutes doubled their lead with Onel Hernandez tapping into an empty net after a mistake, Loacan Beso with the pass back. And then Ethan Horvath miscontrolling and slipping over to present the ball to the Middlesbrough player for a simple tap-in. Not much to talk about from the Forest point of view after that. It, the game sort of petered out and Forest didn't really offer a great deal. Baz, we'll, we'll start with the first half. And Forest in that first 45 actually were not too bad to begin with, but they, they couldn't find a way through, couldn't score the opening goal. And it was Borough who did. And I felt that was the turning point. Do you agree? Yeah, so I mean, we started off with Horvath obviously in goal, and Mbeso replacing Jed Spence from the weekend um, because he's not allowed to play against the team he's loaned from. Um, and we, but like just like on Saturday, same similar sort of sit setup, um, but just like on Saturday, started brightly, and about ten minutes, fifteen minutes in, I was thinking, yep, great performance. We're not going to get a result here. And it, it it had that feeling of inevitability about it because it does. We start brightly. That 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 seems to be the way we do things. Um, and then for the goal, what what actually happened from from what I could see 
was Borough basically tightened up. They realised that our main threat was Johnson and Zinkenagel, and they tightened up on them. And then Zinkenagel um, thought he was fouled. He could, I mean, at, at first I thought he was fouled. It was just in front of me. I thought it was a foul. He waved his arms in the air, but uh, the referee just um, let him play on. And as soon as the, the their player ran into that space after the Zinkenagel had left behind him, you just knew that they were going to score. It, it was it was obvious. Credit to the guy because it was a great finish to to fire it in how he did. But it was just so simple for Middlesbrough to cut through and, and score like that. And it's on one of those like well, when when the the, the the waters of the Red Sea parted in front of him. Yeah, it really was, and it was so easy and just so simple. It's like Forest were kind of huffing and puffing trying to find a goal, and then Middlesbrough within seconds were in front, and that was. Mm-hmm. And that was just so easy for them. But Lyle Taylor, I think he wanted to, to come on to Lyle Taylor with the goal as well. Well, I mean, yeah, so I made the point there that Zinkenagel um, thought he had been fouled. Um, I thought it was a foul, it's fair enough. But you often see fouls, if it's not completely 100% clear cut, even if it is clear cut, sometimes you see them not given. So standing around and waving your arms about isn't going to do anything. And... I noticed this, I make the same criticism of Lyle Taylor, especially on Saturday against Cardiff. He spends a lot of his time either on his arse or waving his arms about complaining about the foul. And yeah, I'm sure he does get kicked a lot and he gets shoved all over the place. But at the end of the day, Lewis Graben gets kicked a lot and gets shoved all over the place, but he doesn't wave his arms about. He gets on with the game and gets on with it instead of standing still and expecting something to happen when it's never going to happen. And and yeah, with, with Zinkenagel today, I thought that was part of the reason that, that the, the guy had so much space to run into because Zinkenagel basically stopped expecting the, the whistle to blow. And Lyle Taylor, the same thing, I'm sure he would get into better positions if he stopped complaining about losing the ball or being tackled or whatever it is. And I'm sure half of them are fouls and I'm sure he comes through with loads of bruises, but you have to play to the whistle. Exactly. If it's not given, then there's nothing you can do. It's it's that old, just the, the first rule of football in a lot of ways. Yeah. Keep keep playing until you're told otherwise. It's yeah. you know that's really basic stuff. We were talking during the game on on our WhatsApp chat, and you mentioned that the midfield was at times non-existent. Uh, do you think that's a fault with the players or the manager, or just is it a culmination of things that have been going wrong this season? It's not even this season. It's been for years, I think. It's, it's, we've always had this massive disconnect between our, back, our defenders and our forwards. And I think that's part of the reason. I mean, I'm old-fashioned. I think games are won and lost in midfield. And that's part of the reason we struggle to score goals. And part of the reason we concede goals is because we allow the other team to dominate the centre. And last season, there was a point under Hewton where we picked up and that was because we had, oh, I think I mentioned this before, we had Garner and we had Kravinovic, two players who could hold the ball. At the moment, it's just Garner trying to hold the ball on his own because, I mean, Yates, as a, I mean, people say um, academy products get uh, get a bit of a, uh, a bit more like leeway from the fans, but Yates doesn't get any leeway at all. Um, every single time he touched the ball you could hear this groan go round around me um, and he did miss quite a few passes to be fair but 
so Garner was basically holding the midfield on his own. And so either what was happening was Yates was dropping into the defence, Garner was moving forwards, and then it was just leaving this big gap in, in the centre of the park. And they were just running into it. One player there that you mentioned, Kravinovic, somebody who hasn't really been talked about this season as much of a miss, but I would argue that he, he was actually quite key in helping Forrest hold on to the ball better in games last season. He might not have caught the eye with goals or assists, but he was, he was keeping the midfield ticking over between yeah, him it was, it was and holding on to the ball better. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was giving us an option where we could move the ball out of our half and just into their half and then not, not have it come straight back at us. And that just gave us that little bit of breathing space, which we're just not getting at all at the moment. Whether any of the new faces coming in will, will help provide that, that's just something we'll have to wait and see on. As for Ethan Horvat, given his first start in the league in a Forest shirt, how did you think he got on compared to Bree Samba, who's obviously been the first choice for a while? Yeah, so after Saturday, Cardiff game, I, I can remember in the first half thinking, Bree Samba, his confidence looks shot. He looks like a shell of the player he was last season. And he needs, he needs to be dropped. Um, the start of this game today, I thought Ethan Horvath, if anything, looks overconfident. And there, was, there were points where he was doing too much with the ball and it was ending up going between McKenna, Worrell and Horvath and it was just like, just get rid of him. Just get rid of it, stop titting about and get rid of it. And that kind of sort of, so what happened for the second goal, it was kind of almost, it had an, another inevitability about it um, just because he was doing too much and, and it was bound to lead to an error. And I think the goal sums up Forrest's predicament as well. The the comical nature of it, the calamity of it, <laughs> with Embe So, who's a centre-back playing at right-back tonight, misplacing the back pass, so it wasn't easy for Horvath to just take it in his stride and clear it. Horvath miscontrols it, then slips over. It falls to Hernandez, and he has a, a simple tapping into an empty net. I must say, though, I did feel... I felt sorry for Horvath in the first place. You never want to see that that kind of individual mistake by a goalkeeper. But I also felt for Loic Mbeso, especially when less than two minutes later, he was hauled off for Jaden yeah. Richardson. And I thought, well, if you're going to bring Richardson on, why not just start him? Because he is an out-and-out fullback. Why, why play the centre-half at right-back and then when he makes a mistake, haul him off and almost say, well, that's your fault for doing it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does come across that way. I mean, to, to be honest, I thought the, 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 the substitutions, which were, it was um, uh, Richardson coming on and it was Lolly for Taylor, wasn't it? I thought they had a, a, an air of desperation about them anyway. Um, but, but then by, the, yeah, by then the game was gone, so, so it kind of made sense. In that. I, I do feel really bad for him. He was out of position. He made a mistake because he was out of position. It's not what he's used to doing. And that mistake made us, well, I mean, the fans were turning at that point anyway. Um, so that just made it all worse. The, on the subject of the fans, I think that's one of the most toxic atmospheres I've seen at the city ground in terms of fans turning on the players. We had a moment during the game when Forrest were knocking the ball around. I mean, they weren't doing anything particularly flashy with it. It was quite simple passing, but 
every pass was being met by an ole from the fans and it yeah. did feel a bit i did feel for the players in that situation because it, it just came across as if well, we've got absolutely no faith in you as fans and yeah uh, that, that's that's kind of that that must that must have been just before the mistake for the second goal as well so maybe it did get to them and and that's kind of what led to it in some way and i i really feel we we just we when we were chatting before this recording um we both touched on this it's, i feel bad for the players in some ways because we've both seen forest sides with players who are much much worse and put in far less effort than these players have some of these players might not have the skills or the talent required for the situation that we're in but i don't think you can fault them for effort on that front they they they're at least trying and they look like they're playing for the manager and for for this I, I thought it was really really toxic and a very unpleasant atmosphere it was funny as well don't get me wrong yeah. when I first heard the, the chant of we've got the ball I thought that was funny but <laughs> it's not helping and it's it's making it worse for the players and I've seen I've, I've said um, I mentioned in the WhatsApp chat I think this is as bad as when we were under Megs and the atmosphere in there it was it was really really unpleasant it was, and it, it wasn't quite Megs and out chance that we saw back then, but the chance of you're getting sacked in the morning to mm. Chris Hewton kind of summed it up, really. The, the fans have lost faith in the manager, and I think as well they've lost faith in the team, and perhaps it's, it's, the way it was handled was a bit unfair on the players, but you can't deny that I think there's a real apathy, and people have, I think the fans have just had enough with it, really. When I was walking out of the ground, um, I, could, I overheard people talking about it. And like one of them said, I can't even be bothered to get worked up about how bad we are. And that, I think that pretty much sums it up at the moment. And, and again, someone else went and said, I really feel for that keeper because he's actually quite good. And again, that, that says it all, really. It's like we, we're just like, well, what's, what even is the point? That's where we're at at the moment. With the future of Chris Hewton, there's already rumours circulating um, I must add from people who were not at the game tonight so John Percy for example has already tweeted out within half an hour of the game finishing saying that Chris Hewton will be on his way out of Forest very soon Hewton though in his interview on Radio Nottingham said that nothing has been said to him it's complete news to him that he, he could be on on his way out but what did you think of the way that he handled that interview in those circumstances. I was really impressed with his post-match interview, um, whereas I wasn't on, uh, on his interview after the Cardiff game at the weekend. I was not impressed in the slightest, but today I thought he handled all the questioning, all the pressure really, really well. Um, I think that was partly his experience showing through. He's been under pressure before, so he knows what to say and what to do. He probably realised he made a bit of a mess of it at the weekend, so I think he prepared himself. And I think he came across really, really well, quite, um, what's the word, dignified, I guess, is, is, and which is a word we've used about him before. Yeah, he did come across very, very well. I don't think it's going to help him in the long run. Um, I think the big problem is... I can't see where this side, as it currently stands, is going to get a win. It's even going to score a goal at the moment. I think this is another, what's it, four games this season where we've not created any shots on target. Uh, I can't see where that's going to come from without some sort of major overhaul. And when it comes to major overhauls, the manager is always the first major overhaul to make. And it's clear that a change needs 
to be made. I'm not somebody who advocates uh, sacking managers regularly, but it, it has got to a point now where there's no other arguments, there's no other points you can put forward to, to kind of support the manager staying on. It's, it's at that point now where something's got to change. Otherwise, the season is going to be over and Forest, the way they're playing, could very very much be relegated at the end of this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's when, when I, uh, right at the start when I said um, this is a good performance. We're not going to get any points. That's a relegation. I can remember years and years and years ago. Um, if you remember when Rude Hullet went to Chelsea, and he played, Bolton got relegated that season, and his Chelsea side played um, Bolton. And Rude Hullet did an interview, and I really, I really clearly remember it. He was amazed at how well Bolton played. And he said he'd never seen a team abroad play that well when they knew they were going to get relegated, but they still got away with zero points. And that's kind of the thing is a relegation side can put in the greatest performances. But it means nothing without the points. And I can't see where we're going to get points from. And now, after the way the fans turned on the players, I can't see the players having much confidence in themselves. I, I don't understand how, how, how can you deal with that when you've got 24,000 people at the, the the people that are supposed to be supporting you, jeering you like that, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot to carry. So it's going to take a big change to, to pull us out of this. It is. And uh, do you think that's the way to, to fix the mess that Forrest are in? It's change the manager. Whoever comes in has to work with the players that are in place now that the, the transfer window has passed until January yeah. at least. So it's the simple way to, to fix the problem, just change the manager and, and try to, to, to kickstart the season that way? Well, it's, I, and we, we, we touched on this at the, the monthly um, podcast. Um, I think the game has changed in that the, the idea, the way people press the ball is different to how it was maybe even five years ago. And a lot of that's down to the success that Guardiola's had at Barcelona and now at Man City. And and the, the the likes of Klopp and the, the way that the German sides play, all that that high press kind of stuff means that the way that you defend has also changed. And I'm not sure that Hutton, being the age that he is and being who he is, is willing to make the changes to adapt to that. And so for that reason, it might take a new manager. I don't necessarily think it necessarily means a whole load of new players. And this is where the influence of the CEO, this is what we don't know, is actually has this this last lot of recruitment had a bit of a strategy behind it? Have we been buying these players with a manager in mind or has it just been the same scattergun stuff that we've been doing for the last four years? I get the impression that with the new uh, CEO coming in with, with Dane Murphy and, and what he's trying to implement... I think they wanted Hewton to be in the job for at least this season just to handle that transitional period as mm-hmm. a safe pair of hands who will guide Forrest through the championship season pretty much unscathed. Uh, I think it's safe to say that that's not going to happen now. So I suppose the next question, it's hard to, to ask it when we still have a manager in, in position, but you, you would expect, wouldn't you, now that if and when Chris Hewton is moved on that there will be a certain kind of manager that Dane Murphy's got in mind to, to come in and, and start putting the work that he's, he's, he's laying down into, into process on the pitch. Yeah. And this is kind of, I can remember 
was it might have been Nick Randall in one of his interviews said um, every club has a strategy but it goes out of the window as soon as there's three defeats but that kind of depends where you pitch your strategy if you pitch your strategy where the manager is in charge of the strategy then yeah it goes out the window after three defeats but if you look at say Swansea a few years ago they had a strategy and it didn't matter which manager they had in place they they followed that same print those set of principles through so the question is does Dane Murphy have that strategy at that higher level? And has he got some principles that he's trying to follow through for the long term, regardless of which individual personnel are in place to do that? And that's certainly what happened at Barnsley. But is, has, he, has, he had, has he even had the chance to do that here? What's certainly one of the things I did notice on Twitter was, um, I think it was Danny Taylor was saying, the next manager isn't going to be someone that we expect. So it's not going to yeah. be Wilder. It's not going to be John Terry. So Yeah, we will, we will wait and see. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.